If you've been binging my free content here on this podcast or over on my YouTube channel, I want to take a quick second before I start this episode to thank you so much for being here. But the free stuff will only get you so far. So if you want my complete proven blueprint for opening a successful and sustainable play cafe or indoor playground business that is profitable from day one, I want to invite you to join me inside my signature course, Play Cafe Academy. Head to the show notes right now to get instant on-demand access to all 12 modules, your detailed pre-launch checklist, your 34-page business plan template, your plug-and-play financial model to help you estimate your startup costs and project your revenue, and everything you need to save time, money, and frustration throughout your opening process. For a limited time right now, you'll also get an entire month of free access to Playmaker Society, my invite-only membership created exclusively for Play Cafe Academy students who want to work with me personally to optimize and scale their businesses through coaching, guest experts, templates, and plug-and-play resources, plus collaboration with over 200 other owners, and so much more. The price for Play Cafe Academy will go up before 2022 is over. So lock in the current price and get all the exclusive bonuses, including a month inside Playmaker Society and getting a chance to work with me personally by heading to the show notes and choosing your preferred way to pay in full or over time right now. I will see you there. If you're in the play and party business and you want to operate with more ease and joy, all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for Small But Mighty Tips Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play or party-based business. All right, Playmakers, I have another short and simple tip for you today, but this is an important topic and it will only increase in importance as we head into the holiday season and then pretty much right into tax season. So today's episode is about all those charitable donations and contributions requests that you likely have flooding your inbox and your mailbox all year round, but even more so around the end of the year and the holidays. I remember back when I owned my location, it felt like I was getting donation requests every single day, sometimes multiple times per day. And even though we as business owners often want to say yes, every single chance, every single opportunity we have to give back, the reality is that in order to have a sustainable and profitable business, We just cannot say yes to every single request. It's just not possible. So I wanted to give you four questions to ask yourself before responding in order to help you filter through all of these requests and ensure that you're only saying yes when it makes sense for both parties. Because honestly, sometimes I found that these organizations, they don't really research or filter who they're sending these requests out to. They just make sweeping blanket requests to all local businesses. So that means it's usually, not all the time, but usually up to us as business owners to do the cost-benefit analysis to verify that we're allocating our limited resources appropriately. But before I get into these four questions, I wanted to first remind you to always get a donation receipt when you do say yes and make a contribution or make a donation, 
and request a description of what was provided and what the event was. And sometimes you also need to gather some information about that specific organization, all that good stuff. Again, this is something that you want to go over with your accountant on exactly what information that you need to compile. But the most important thing is to make sure you get a receipt for whatever it is you donated along with that monetary value that's assigned to it. So for example, if you donate a $50 gift card, make sure that donation amount is noted on the receipt because sometimes organizations don't include the amount unless you ask them. You'll want to keep all of your donations and receipts organized either in QuickBooks or on a Google Sheet or Excel so that the amount donated can go against your taxable income and profit for the year. So let's just say I'm just going to make up a random number, but let's just say you made a profit of $10,000 at the end of the year after paying yourself. Now, again, I'm not an accountant, so be sure to double check this, but Typically, if you make donations to actual nonprofits for the year, so let's say you donated around $2,000 or the equivalent of $2,000 in gift cards, packs of play passes, all that good stuff, that reduces the amount of that profit that you're able to be taxed on by $2,000. So when it comes to lessening your tax burden, this can really add up in savings for you. So Again, it reduces the amount of taxable income or profit that you have when it comes time to do the books at tax time. All right, so here are four questions to ask yourself before saying yes to a donation request. And again, this is just meant to help you filter out those requests and scenarios that just don't make good business sense for you or for that organization. All right, number one, do the organization's values align with your own? Now, I talk a lot on this podcast about really defining your values as an organization. And just to give you an example, one of our pillars or biggest values that we really try to live and really exemplify day in and day out was inclusivity and accessibility. So anytime I got a donation request from an organization who really whose mission was really to increase accessibility or increase inclusivity, whether it was a playground or a school or an organization, anything like that, if that was one of their main missions, that was a good indication to me that this was a donation that I need to consider further. So again, you really want to make sure that you're choosing organizations whose values align with your own, whatever those values happen to be for you. And then number two, does the organization cater to your ideal customer avatar? Again, something that we talk a lot about on this podcast. So let me give you an example. We used to get donation requests quite a bit from an organization whose values absolutely aligned with my own, but who didn't cater to our ideal customer. So this organization was geared towards young adults with disabilities, and it helped them find employment opportunities. And at this stage of our business, we really weren't able to give just monetary donations. And when I did a little bit of research into who exactly participates in the events hosted by this organization, it was typically raffles or dinners or things like that, I found that almost all of them had exclusively adult or older children, people that were just not of age range for our play area. So if I were to donate a gift card or a pack of play passes, 
there was a really good chance that nobody that attended this organization's events would even be able to use it. So this was often a scenario where I would say no, but I would welcome future opportunities, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. But it's really important to consider this when making donations because, again, if you're not able to get any benefit other than tax relief from this donation, then you might be able to pick a better opportunity that is more of a win-win scenario. Another example is a lot of middle school or high school sports teams will reach out for donation requests. And this is another perfect example of you know, those parents that watch those sports games, that attend those events, they typically don't have kids under five, which was really who our business catered to. So in that situation, I would typically pass. All right, the third question you can ask yourself to filter through these requests is, can the organization provide a receipt of donation? And are they actually a nonprofit? So oftentimes, I would actually get for-profit businesses asking me for requests for donations for a raffle or a holiday party or something like that. And again, because we were at the time a new business, I would often say no to these because they're technically not able to be written off as donations unless unless they're for an actual nonprofit. So again, do your research. You need to be really careful and double check with your accountant to make sure that the donations that you're making are actually tax deductible. So double check because like I said, this happened to us quite a bit where for-profit businesses would ask us for donations for their events where they would be making money off of it. All right. The fourth question you can ask yourself is, can you decide what to give? So for example, a lot of times when we would get donation requests or things like that, they would need something tangible or they would want something specific like a gift card. Now, I prefer to donate packs of play passes because open play was typically a very high margin service for us, meaning it didn't have a huge direct cost for one more person to attend an open play session. Now, gift cards or things like that, those can be used for retail items, which are much lower margin. So if we donated a $50 gift card and somebody came in and purchased a $50 retail item, that's going to cost us explicitly to provide that retail item for that customer. Whereas, like I said, with OpenPlay, it's not quite as much of an explicit cost. So I prefer to give packs of play passes instead of gift cards that can be used for anything with an item like a mug, something that doesn't need a specific size or anything like that. And also, if you do a lot of classes and events, if you offer gift cards, you need to really make sure that you're able to still make a profit on these classes and events, even if you're donating a ton of these gift cards and just assuming that everybody that receives a gift card is going to redeem it for the highest value service. So again, classes, retail items, things like that. You need to be really careful when you're donating gift cards, which again is why I prefer to do packs of play passes instead. And those also expired a year after they were donated. So it reduces the risk on us, not only by making sure that this particular donation would only be used towards open play, but also it had an expiration date. Now, let's say you go through all of these four questions and you decide to say no. Well, if you don't want to be rude, you can still leave the door open for future opportunities. My favorite response when I decided to pass on a donation or a contribution request was to simply say, 
we're currently at maximum capacity for donation requests because we do receive quite a bit of them. However, if an opportunity arises in the future, please feel free to reach back out. So again, you're not closing the door, you're not being rude, but you're making it very clear that you're at capacity for your donation requests for that month or for that year, whatever the time period you want to draw attention to is. So again, you are going to be flooded with these donation requests and gift basket requests and gift card requests. So use these four questions as a filter to make sure that you're making a good business decision. Because even though, yes, as business owners that are filled with passion, we want to say yes to every single opportunity to give back to our community. However, if we put our business at risk and donate so much that we're not able to make a profit or have a sustainable business, then you're not doing your community any favors because you might have to close or you might not be able to honor those services. So again, this is business decisions that we're making here. So be really careful, be generous when you can, but be firm with your boundaries when you can't and have a great rest of your day. I will see you on Friday.